everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And today we're going to talk to you about the Against Me show that we got to see last week, which was a whole ton of fun. It ruled. Yeah. It was the best. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with Against Me, they are a longtime punk band from Florida who probably came about... I would say in the early 2000s when we were yeah. in high school. So they've sort of been there with Pat and I since, uh, you know, our high school adolescent days. Against Me is one of our collective probably favorite bands, I would say, up there on the list. Absolutely, right? yeah. So it was really great to get to go uh, see them with, uh, you know, with, with Pat. Me with Pat, Pat with me. I yeah, say. I mean, it's always fun to go see a band with a friend, yeah. but... Uh, I think even more so when it is such a band that like you connect over, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, connecting over music is great, but when it goes back that far, that's yeah, like for sure. something special. Yeah. And we got to see them at House of Vans, which is a venue that's been around in Brooklyn for a bunch of years now uh, and sadly closing soon. Yeah. So this was a really cool opportunity to see uh, sort of maybe a last hurrah show with one of our favorite bands at House of Vans. Yeah, it was uh i guess melancholy is the right word mm-hmm. like you know it's it was a great show and it was a lot of fun but it's always sad to be at a venue that's on the, its way out yeah and it was a lot of fun i mean yeah, the space yeah. was really cool there's a you know like a skate park in one half of mm-hmm. it there was a bit of a catwalk up for like photographers and media uh the stage itself was like pretty well sized and a really cool outdoor area with a couple food booths and bars and stuff set up yeah, no, it's a it's an incredible space, um, which I think is also why I'm like, I don't want it to go. It's so fun. Yeah, it's right down on the waterfront, kind of on the line between Greenpoint and Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have any opportunity, I think during the next month or so, maybe, is going to be their last run of shows. The shows, I believe, at House of Vans are almost always free, right? Mm-hmm. And you just uh, you sign up for a reservation. You got to get there early and wait in line. But I will say, if it's a band you like well worth it yeah absolutely and i've waited in line there before and it's not the worst thing in the world it's leave work or whatever and i don't know wait in the line yeah it's a big space so chances are you'll get in don't wait to get there for the uh the headliner yeah i would say most of the people we saw online got in Uh, i think by the time they were closing the door it looked like the whole line was inside which was pretty cool that all those people got in there um, but it was a really fun show. When was the last time you'd seen Against Me, Pat? I had never seen Against Me. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Um, so that, this was truly a first. Yeah. And I was, I've been trying to think of like why I had, cause I was super into their first album mm-hmm. and my guess would be that either my parents were like, you're not going into the city for that or just that schedules never lined up yeah would that have been reinventing axel rose mm-hmm. and so that would have been like 2002 yeah so like i was going to the city for things but like who knows like where they were i mean i'm sure i could look this up but who knows where they were playing right. and you know whatever it just so happens this is my first time i got to see them yeah so. i almost guaranteed that up in massachusetts i would have not been able to or i don't know about allowed allowed might have been like a strong word but i sure. probably like would not have gone to gone to see them depending on where they played around that time you know yeah. probably some club in boston probably late on a school night and i probably would not have been allowed to go 
Yeah, I think that was probably the same uh, for my parents. Just like, you're not going to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was exciting. And it's also kind of fun because it let me feel like I was 16 again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and they played uh, a good number of songs off of that first album, right? Yeah, I think it was something like five songs off yeah. that album. We'll yeah. be sure to add the uh, set list to this episode. Yes, check the notes. We'll put the set list in there. Um, but yeah, so it was actually... It was kind of a great show for new and old fans alike because yeah, a lot of newer stuff and a lot of older stuff in this um, in this show, which was really cool. Yeah, so had you seen them before? I saw them back in 2006 at my, I believe, what, my, what was my last Warp Tour. Whoa. Yeah. I, was that my last one? If I went in 2007, I feel like I'd be embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but I think it was, yeah, I think that was my last Warp Tour how many warp tours did you go to? I went to six oh, in wow. a row. So that was like all of high school plus two years of college. And okay. I think this would have been the after my sophomore year of college. Yeah. Okay. So this should have been the last one I went to. And it was one of those warp tours where I think it was like me and one other friend who were still kind of like into the scene a little bit, but didn't know a lot of the bands on warp tour anymore, decided to go. And every year since we started high school, <laughs> Warp Tours get further from Boston, like further from where we lived. It yeah. got like pushed out to Central Mass, basically. And so we were like, ah, oh, let's take the day off of work. We go drive out there. Yeah. We go see it. And the thing that, you know, really made it worth it were like just a few acts. I think um, getting to see the Dropkicks was fun. Against Me was great and still pretty new to me, actually. 2006 was... They were a band I knew. Yeah. Uh, I think I had Searching for a Former Clarity, and that was pretty much my familiarity with them, was just that one album, which I think was like their current album. Um, and then Saves the Day played two sets. Oh, cool. They played an acoustic set and an electric set. That's fun. Oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't say uh, I Am the Avalanche also played that nice. year. So th- but those were like... That's a pretty I mean, good. Granted, that's what I can remember, but also out of I don't know dozens of bands, yeah, those were kind of the only ones we cared about. I mm-hmm. think. Whereas you know, I think the more years you back up, the more we knew like most of the roster, or sure. were like really excited to see almost every, something every hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that last kind of warp tour that we went to was definitely uh, grounded mm-hmm. by those acts. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to one warp tour, kind of last minute. Um, my friend had an extra ticket. I only remember seeing uh, Vlogging Molly, mm-hmm. Taking Back Sunday, and I only remember that because he was swinging the hell out of that mic, yep. and Anti-Flag. Okay. And Anti-Flag, I would say, the best. I didn't know them before that, but it was the coolest. Yeah. But Yeah, they put on a good show. Yeah. But that was my one and only time. Yeah. Well, we all got to have one. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> well, soon not true because Warport is done. Bye bye. Bye bye. Just like House of Vans. Just like oh. so many wonderful things in the music world. Uh, we wave goodbye to them. But this show that we got to go to uh, was great. A good energy, I would say. And I mean, the band on stage, they were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the whole night was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the openers yeah, maybe before so, we go in more into the Against Me set. Sure. Um, so the first band that played was this band called Taking Meds. Yep. Uh, and 
the first thing I noticed was their merch was sweet. I yeah. Liked that, yeah, yeah uh, they, they had this cool like baseball tee. Um, but I don't know how you would describe them, but I just thought like just real great, raw, straightforward punk. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I would, the category I put them into. They seemed, and they seemed like, I don't know where they're from. We should, uh, look them up, but they felt like a, you know, uh, East coast brand of it, uh, very much. So it felt like very familiar, even though it was pretty new to me. Yeah. They had, um, I was just going to say they, they had a certain energy about them. Yeah. Well, they did. <laughs> they, they definitely did, but they were cool. Um, uh, we were kind of bopping around, checking out the merch, getting some drinks while they were playing. So I think I can fully admit that we weren't totally locked in, but they were definitely a fun act. Yeah. I agree. I was trying to see if their band camp says, yeah, they're from New York. So yeah, there we go. Hit the nail on the head there. And I do think that's part of the intention behind these uh, Vans house parties is that, so in this case, uh, the headliner against me s- supposedly gets to curate the actual lineup. And I think the the earliest opener is supposed to be a local band, which I think is a really cool thing. Yeah, I like um, that a lot. Getting yeah. these local bands in the scene to open for these big touring acts is a pretty pretty sweet thing yeah um and one another merch ish kind of takeaway i had from them mm-hmm. uh, i had seen the drummer walking around before the show uh and he was wearing a shirt from the band priests mm-hmm. uh who if you do not know them they're uh, i guess if you're a fan of like savages or like kind of cool like post-punk um highly recommend but i saw that shirt and i was like oh cool shirt man Turns out he's a drummer in the band. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's good when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the the second opener was this band called Cherry Glazer, who was fantastic. We had a lot of fun watching them. Yeah, I would describe them as a force of nature. Yeah, they were um, essentially a power trio, right, uh, is how I would describe them. Drummer, lead guitarist, vocalist, and a bassist. And I think the drummer was playing with some some triggers and stuff. Like, they had a little yeah. bit of extra... Uh, sound going on which was very cool it was kind of spacey atmospheric stuff behind mm-hmm. uh, what was essentially sort of a heavy rock band they were playing riff heavy you know kind of but with like some punk attitude it was yeah. cool as hell yeah it was like yeah classic heavy i think you had said almost like sabbath yeah, um, yeah that's what i mean yeah with these like incredible like almost dreamy lo-fi vocals at yeah. points. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool mixture. Um, and the drummer was wearing a Metallica t-shirt. So <laughs> like that, you it was interesting to watch like the sounds kind of evolve over time. Yeah. It was a, the, especially, yeah, like that, the vocals with the overall sound of the band and guitar and stuff was a cool contrast with them. Um, and just that they had a, freaking good ass energy on stage oh too the bassist was like in everything and lead singer she was fantastic and yeah right and um uh you know how like at shows like you get like the two guitarists and they'll like solo off each other mm-hmm. um they did that but instead of soloing it just seemed like they were both trying to push one another over like they were pushing like, into each other oh yeah at one point they just smashed up against each other and their instruments were like dissonantly hitting each other's strings uh and it's like and that was it basically took the spot of a solo in one of the songs uh there was also a point where uh the lead guitarist whose name is clementine cool uh 
Clementine Creevy, uh, kind of wandered off mm-hmm. and like hid behind a bunch of the amps. And I was like, oh, cool. Like there's going to be like a solo here or whatever. And they just all kept chugging along on the same riff. Yeah. But they had just decided, I'm going to go hide behind this amp. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then when they came back, uh, I think that's the song they sang upside down for the rest, like back to the audience, like arched backwards and belting it out. Yeah. It was very, very fun. Um, so yeah, it was cool to see those couple openers and then, you know, it was the main event, uh, against me was, as we've already said, they were, they were fantastic. But, um, what did, uh, we ran into friend of the show, Mike Yerg at the show and he said, uh, something on the way out that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we walked up and we're like, Hey man, like, how's it going? And he was like, listen, I've seen, I've seen so many against me shows. And then he like pointed aggressively with his finger and he was like, I defy anybody here to tell me that this wasn't the best one, which made me feel really good because it's <laughs> the only one I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a true like ringing recommendation. Yeah. Uh, and a great review of a show. And I think it, it lived up to it. Yeah. I mean, to have them open with, I was a teenage anarchist was like perfect. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. There were a lot of really great moments and I would also... Uh, I would guess a highlight for you was the encore. Oh, yeah. Um, so Night Vale or Joseph Fink had done this podcast called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats uh, where yeah. they interviewed a John Darnielle about uh, All Hell West Texas. Long story short, Laura Jane Grace did a cover of the best ever death metal band in Denton. And... Uh, at the end of the show, Laura came out and was like, please indulge me. I'm going to do a cover. It's from my friend. It's about where I'm from. And I was like, oh, you're not from Texas, but I'm guessing this is going to be a mountain goat song. And, uh, <laughs> so I took out my phone and to record it, and uh, she played Going to Georgia, which is from one of my favorite like sets of mountain goats songs, which are the Going To series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about going somewhere uh and that one's very dramatic um but i like it a lot and it made me very happy and i just on the walk here listened to that video from that night oh wow. and i can hear myself singing in it <laughs> and the whole time i was like Ugh. oh man miss miss some of those notes <laughs> yeah that's okay but it was great it was like because you could hear the crowd singing it and it, i think it encapsulated uh the energy of the night so yeah it was cool yeah, it was a really great cover. And that's, you know, uh, you are the Mountain Goat super fan of the two of us. <laughs> uh, so I was only, you know, vaguely familiar with it. But it also, like, felt, it just felt like a great Mountain Goats cover, too. You yeah. Know, like, mm-hmm. true in spirit and sound and all that type of stuff, which yeah, is very cool. I agree. Yeah. I, uh, I think I leaned over to you at one point. They started playing um, Don't Lose Touch earlier mm-hmm. on in the set. And I, I, for anyone unacquainted, Don't Lose Touch, probably at that point in their history was like their pop song. And I was very much like, yeah, man, I think this is how I got into them. <laughs> was this uh, this great, like, simple, poppy rocker uh, mm-hmm. that was probably, yeah, probably my introduction to that band. And that was super fun to watch that live. I was, I was stoked. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, what a... 
was there anything I don't know any songs you would have wished to see not to not that the show would have been any better had the set list been different but as an against me fan was there anything like just a song maybe you really dig it'd be so cool to no, see I it think, live maybe I think it was such a good uh set list that I'm not sure like yeah. I think it's the kind of thing where I think if one song had been swapped out and replaced with that you know like I don't know I feel like there's always going to be a song that I would love to hear live but you can only fit so many songs oh in. I totally agree and I think the yeah the framing of that question is tricky I guess all I'm trying to get at is like what's one of your favorite songs from by against me um Okay, so I think I'm going to try to answer this question in two different ways. Sure. Um, I pr- I would have liked to have seen more of Transgender Dysphoria Blues mm-hmm. because I think that is one of the greatest albums of all time. Like, not even for Just Against Me. I think yeah. that's, like, a very important and awesome album. It's so much- And they played stuff from it, but, you know, yeah. I would have liked to have seen more. Um, that said, I was very excited to hear, I mean... They played stuff from Reinventing Axel Rose, which was exciting for me. But uh, they played... Sorry, I'm looking. It's a very long title. <laughs> um, Turn Those Clapping Hands Into Angry Bald Fists. Yeah. Uh, that one just has an energy to it that, like... Looking back on it, I think that's probably why, like, it may have inspired some politics of just, like... Because uh, that song talks about, like singers kind of singing these words that don't really mean anything or like aren't like empowering um yeah. so it's kind of like you know take the power into your own hands and right right uh, or at least that's how i'm interpreting it um so that was fun to hear live yeah do you have any favorites that were played or i mean i thought similarly i thought like it was such a great set you know there wasn't there was nothing that left me like wishing for anything more mm-hmm. uh but i think I think for maybe like good reason, probably two of my favorite Against Me songs were not a part of that night, which is totally cool. Um, but weirdly enough, my I became like a huge fan of New Wave, which mm-hmm. I think as an album was like, they probably started to lose some people at that point. I mean, and gain some people. Yeah. It was just yeah. like a little slicker, um, a little more anthemic, but... Um, Thrash Unreal off of that album, which is like a, so good. a big single. Is, I mean, one of my favorite songs of all time, I would say. And I just truly, truly love that song. And um, and for whatever reason, that's like my album, even though maybe maybe I've even like listened to Searching for a Form of Clarity even more, you know, mm-hmm. at this point. But so that's one of my favorite songs. It just is, it's so, I don't know. It's such like a catchy and uh, gutsy song. I, I, lo- I love that tune. And then kind of on the total other end of it, I would say one of my favorite ones is Cavalier Eternal, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't I actually don't think it's on their acoustic EP. It's from um, Against on... Me. It's from their second album. I'm almost positive. It's on the original Cowboy. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And it is kind of like a country song. Or... Uh, as the Eternal Cowboy. Sorry, there's two yeah. listings here. And uh, yeah, yeah. As the Eternal Cowboy is like the actual album. As the Original Cowboy is the demos album. I think. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, from Eternal Cowboy, and that was the song. 
I think I'd mentioned to you a little bit on Friday when we saw the show where I was like, the minute I discovered that they kind of had this folky aspect to them, this like folk punk thing, Mm -hmm. they really solidified themselves as one of my favorite bands because it's just those are that that intersection tends to be what i love uh and that goes for a band like the avid brothers too who are just on the other end of the spectrum you mm-hmm. know they are mostly folky but have this kind of like punk rawness sometimes yeah and that's what drew me to that band and kind of similarly this punk band that has this folky thing that they can also do i think is what drew me to against me yeah so yeah that's also one of my favorite songs that i would like at this point probably never even expect to be seen played sure but always going to be a favorite yeah that makes sense um yeah i was telling you on friday uh that i don't really remember how i found them i want to say maybe it was somebody's back patch but i don't think i was that cool you know <laughs> yeah, um yeah. i mean it was definitely like napster right uh-huh. like definitely that era um because I was trying to think of uh, song titles on the way here of like, well, what's my favorite against me song? Right. And I was realizing like, I don't really know a lot of the song titles because when I downloaded them in like 2003, somebody, whoever I got them from had renamed all the songs. Yeah. So like, um, the only one, the one that was named correctly was Sink Florida Sink. Yep. Uh, but there was one that was just a sad face, like the colon and then parentheses. Uh And so a lot of them, I was like, I don't like, it was enough that I didn't know what song titles to trust. Yeah. So like a pine of Guinness. And I was like, is that what this person renamed it as? (laughs) But, um, I think I similarly don't know a lot of their, the song titles, honestly, because I kind of started listening to them on CDs when I was already, when I already had a car. And so I was throwing the CD in and never looking at the jacket, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, I think, like a lot of my initial listening to those first few albums, probably. A lot of my initial listening was reinventing Axl Rose and then being nervous to listen to anything else because I was like, this is so good. What if the rest (laughs) isn't? And then I listen to the rest and I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah. It's all great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the new albums have wonderful song titles mm-hmm. uh, and they did not play the one with my favorite name, um, which is fuck my life. Six, 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 which is such a good, that is such a good title. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, truly a beautiful title. Um, I'll say one, one thing about the show, maybe a little brief PSA, if we can get up on our soapbox is that some, it was weird about that show is that there were still like, shithead dudes there yeah and you really expected at this kind of show with the bands and the lineup and stuff that we would avoid that and uh i mean i think you maybe blasted this out on social but folks if you're gonna crowd surf up to the stage don't touch the band yeah well don't touch people that haven't consented to it yeah uh but yeah don't if you're going to crowd surf, just don't be a jerk about it. Like, yeah. try to keep your feet not kicking people's faces. If you accidentally hit somebody, go check on them. But if you're going to get up on the stage, if you're going to do it, don't go near the instruments. Don't trip, trip over the cables. Because I've seen people trip over a, you know, a patch cable mm-hmm. and knock out an entire instrument do not touch the people up there unless they're like 
encouraging you to come over to the microphone. Right. Uh, and if security is throwing you out, get out. <laughs> get Don't. Out. <laughs> Needless to say, we had there was one guy who uh, did not take any of that advice or really take any cues uh, and had to be forcibly removed from several different locations uh, before he was actually out of the building. And it was just very frustrating um, yeah. in general at a show. Otherwise, so nice. Also, if it's a calm song or like the crowd doesn't want to mosh, don't throw your body around. Yeah. Like read the room. We know you want to dance. You can dance. Yes. Don't turn yourself into a missile and try to knock people over because you're going to get clocked in the face. Yeah, there were some issues during Cherry Glazer's set, which uh, you probably can't exactly tell from our description, but it wasn't exactly a circle pit type of band. It was like... And people just wanted it to be one. It was the heavy that like heavy metal gets where it's like just kind of the slow head nodding. Yeah. <laughs> Not like uh, we're going to like do the wall of death or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. Also, I didn't punch anybody in the face. No, no, no. Uh, I didn't do that. Uh, uh, I bl- uh, someone on uh, the circle who I think got a little fed up did. <laughs> yes. And they were justified, I would say. They seemed very justified in it. Um, so that's it. We'll end you, leave you with a lesson, a PSA. Uh, I don't think we're just now punk fans in our thirties, but I do think, <laughs> I do think the the scene in the world is becoming, uh, better and more considerate and that yeah, kind of bullshit stands cool. out more. That yeah. kind of stuff that you used to get away with when you were younger and you used to get away with in your high school is dumb and, uh, you shouldn't yeah. do it. Before we wrap up, I yeah. do want to say after the show, we were, lucky enough to meet Laura yes, who yes. is one of the sweetest human beings yes. uh but i mean our interaction was nice but i do want to point out that there were other people in the area that ran up to her and were just like i just want you to know i didn't know your band before tonight my friend made me come i want to know everything you've ever done cuz that was incredible and then somebody ran across the street to uh say the same exact thing and i just when shows do that, it's like the coolest feeling. I thought that was so cool because they, to me, you know, against me is if you like this kind of music, you know who they are. Yeah. And most people, I think, by whatever adulthood age, if they don't already listen to punk, they probably like have a thing against it or something. Like they, it's probably not for them, you know? Yeah. And it was. It was so cool to see people that I'm like, oh, whether you're new to the genre or somehow had never heard of Against Me it's so cool that you came to the show and lo- loved yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super fun. Yeah. So it was a great time. Uh, I hope you go out and listen if you have never listened before, or even if you have, yeah. I mean, this is basically what I say to, about our podcast, <laughs> but uh, go check out against me. Um, reinventing Axl Rose, transgender dysphoria blues, uh, just anything. I don't a whole know. Catalog. It's great. Yeah, and check out Cherry Glazer and Taking Meds, too, the opening bands. They're both super fun. Yeah. And thank you for joining us for this brief little concert recap. This is the first one of these we've done, but pretty fun to to do something different. Yeah. Um, If you like the show, stay tuned. We are going to have a new live episode out next week, which we're very excited about. And in the meantime, 
Uh, get at us on the social medias. It's at Repeater Show on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on Facebook and all that good stuff too. Yeah. And tell us about some shows you've been to recently. We yes. try to listen to what you send us. Absolutely. We're always looking for new tunes. All right, folks. Take care. Unt- Bye. Do we? I think we don't say it if it's just us. Bye, everybody. Give repeat. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.